You're good? Yep. Awesome. Hello and welcome to Movie Grouch and Fanboy Podcast. My name is Bex. I am a big old movie grouch. And here with me is everybody's favourite fanboys, but in a face, this is good. It's Blake. Good evening, good afternoon, <laughs> good morning, depending on when you're listening. You may remember us. We used, we used to do a movie podcast back in 2021 and then we kind of just gave you radio silence. Yeah, with no real explanation. What did happen? We just <sighs> fucked off for a bit, didn't we? Well, you got a new job. Yeah, that's true. And we were planning on recording, and then you got called into work very short notice. Your like shifts, your like night shifts yeah, yeah. started, or your evening shifts yeah. started pretty much straight away. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, we won't be able to record this weekend, but yeah. we'll, we'll fit it in the week after, and then Christmas happens, yeah. and now we've got a fucking wedding that's happening. It's our wedding, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, not it's a, not just no, a no, we're not just like a, a wedding. So yeah, so we're really sorry. I had a horrible moment where I just felt really guilty for these these people that left us reviews. Were just suddenly like, where have they gone? So I it's was, all right. There, it's given everyone time to catch up. All the new listeners yeah. we've got should be up to speed now if they've been if they've done a good bit of binging. Yeah, yeah. This, this is true. It's just yeah. It's just. Well, I think Christmas kind of got everybody, didn't they? It kind of just snuck up on us and then they were suddenly like, oh shit, we've got presents and stuff to buy and things to do. And mm. yeah, it was all a bit crazy. But anyway, anyway, we're really glad to be back. We've had some technical issues already this evening, so this bodes well. We're currently sat around a tiny little coffee table in our spare room because uh, because the wedding's happening. Blake is six foot six and he is... Um, <laughs> struggling i've got pins and needles on my right foot already brilliant so this is going to be the kind of top quality content that you've you've known to come and you've known to love and uh you've come to know and love from us that's what i meant to say that's what i'm trying to say anyway we're really glad to be back we hope you had a good christmas we hope you had a good new year we hope 2022 has been kind to you so far yeah we're really sorry we shouldn't have left you shouldn't have left you alone for so long but we're back but we're back it's all good if you haven't listened to us before you're very welcome and this is the podcast where we take a film that i'm as movie grouch hello have avoided watching for very stupid reasons we watch the film we have a chat about the film and we decide whether my stupid reasons are valid or whether they're just a bag of old shite and you are making quite a painful face are you all right yeah (laughs) What have you done? The pins and needles are really attacking my foot and leg. Oh, are they? Yeah. Do you need to just get out and walk it off? Uh, no. It'd be okay. Okay, you're just going to sit there pulling faces at me. Oh. I'll power on through for the cause. Okay, excellent. Well done. Um, If you could just not touch the microphone with your hand, that would be really good. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> right, so... What we normally do before we get stuck into the film is have a chat about what we've been watching. But um, as we didn't get around to doing our Christmas special, we're going to do like a New Year special, which will come out next Monday because it's Blue Monday. So it's supposed to be like the most depressing Monday of the year. Tell me how, how does it feel? Is that Blue Monday? 
Yeah, well done. Yeah. So we're going to release it then. And it's just basically going to be us sitting down, having a little loosey-goosey chat about some of the things that we watched over Christmas. Because um, we did manage to watch a few bits. Mm, I watched loads. Did you? Yeah, I watched loads of stuff. Well, you see, I watched a fair bit, but I also managed to read a book in three days and do some painting. Mm. And do some knitting as well, which I was quite happy about. So I didn't watch quite as much, but I got some crafty bits done. Mm. So yeah, so there's going to be no section about what we watched because we'll save it all for we'll save it all for the Christmas the Christmas thing. I think everybody would like a pins and needles update. Uh, It's gone for the for the minute. Awesome. What is the film of this episode, please? So we watched uh, 1998's Rush Hour. Yes. Have you got a synopsis, please? A loyal and dedicated Hong Kong inspector teams up with a reckless and loudmouthed LAPD detective to rescue the Chinese consul's kidnapped daughter while trying to arrest a dangerous crime lord along the way. A couple of scores and reviews from uh, some fans. IMDb is a 7.0 out of 10. So That's pretty good. Pretty good, I think. Mm. Um, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 61%, quite low, which I'm... <laughs> what do they know? I'm like, what? Are you, are you crazy? They know nothing. Um, but the audience score, pretty high. It's good old 78%, so Aww. pretty good. Loved by the audience, it yeah. would seem. And I think IMDb is audience scores for the most part as well. I can't actually need to check that. I don't know what's going on Rotten Tomatoes, but I can't find any like fan reviews for some of these films at the moment. I don't know if they've deleted them all or what, but maybe it's Do just Do you think the they've taken using... them down because they know you're, you're on the... <laughs> maybe, but the I, found, I found a three-star review on IMDb by a fan that I thought was quite funny. So I'll read that one. It's, uh, it's longer than the normal ones I'd pick because like, I normally pick like... When it's like half a paragraph, it's like a full paragraph. Headline for this review is, I can't watch Chris Tucker, so you know where this is heading. I get it. The whole point of the premise is the interaction of Jackie Chan, straight Hong Kong professional, and Chris Tucker's irreverent <laughs> Los Angeles jackass. They have extremely different ca- character. They are- <laughs> they have extremely Dude. different characters and humor on purpose but i'm just i'm sorry i just can't watch chris tucker he's too obnoxious and loud i did not find him funny at all other than that the story was totally flat and predictable so nothing made up for it usually jackie chan can make up for any movie flaw but this time he has met his match chris tucker's obnoxiousness that was really tough to read so yeah he doesn't like chris tucker so no, he, he scaped the film Mm. which is you know cool whatever whatever mate chill out in it <laughs> so anyway right then let's crack on with the podcast shall we as normal what stopped you from seeing this movie in the past honestly that it was an action film and it had jackie chan in it and chris tucker and i just looked at it and I thought oh there's nothing here for me so were you aware of it like a oh long yeah time i knew ago? about it yeah yeah okay cool yeah. bearing that in mind then what was your preconceived idea of this movie i genuinely thought that rush hour traffic would play a bigger part in this film than it did Oh, really? Yeah. Because normally you do a bit of a silly... I know, but like, like, I genuinely about thought... about the film or about like like a literal translation. Yeah. This time you're not being sarcastic. No, I'm not. I thought 
that it might actually take place in rush hour or that like the resolution might take place in rush hour or something but there's actually very little traffic in it at all oh no oh no there were some fans and some cars and stuff but nothing like really major okay nothing to warrant being called rush hour no this is true and i mm, do we know why it's called rush hour no it doesn't really in la and la's renowned for bad traffic i don't know could be why mm-hmm. okay cool right so talk us through the opening scenes and setups first third of the movie please okay uh okay so the film opens in hong kong in 1997 and it's the last day of british rule we meet detective inspector lee from the hong kong police force and he's leading a raid um at a wharf and hoping to arrest a crime lord jun tao he finds Jun Tao's right-hand man, Sang, who escapes. So Lee finds a number of Chinese cultural treasures and he returns, uh, retrieves them and presents them to the Chinese consulate, Solon Han, and Thomas Griffin, who is the British police commander. We learn that Lee and Han's daughter have quite a nice relationship. Han is relocating to LA um, to be uh, like a, on a dipl- diplomatic mission and his daughter... Uh, Sue Young, I believe she's called, is going with him. And Lee, who is Jackie Chan's character, is quite sad. And they're, they're sort of like talking about how they'll be friends and all the kung fu stuff. Like he's been teaching her how to fight and all the rest of it. So yeah, we, we find out that they have a nice relationship. Han goes to LA to take up a new diplomatic role. His daughter, Sue Young, is kidnapped by Sang. Han calls Lee to help rescue Sue Young, but afraid that Lee's involvement could cause an international incident, they give Lee to the LAPD when he arrives. Detective James Carter, who has recently cocked up a sting operation, is tricked into babysitting Lee, and when he finds out, he decides to go ahead and solve the case. Brilliant. Anything you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so I thought the setup was really good, it was a good pace. I thought it was really funny and yeah was... you did you were probably like yeah. laughing out loud yeah I was and I was like oh we're in for a treat she likes this there was a good amount of character backstory as well um, that's really important for you it is really important for me and it was it, it is such a delicate balance I think between getting you on side with the character and having like getting you rooting for them and giving you enough story mm-hmm. and this did it perfectly mm-hmm. absolutely perfectly mm-hmm. the only thing I would say is why were the FBI afraid that Lee's involvement would cause an international incident? Is that because we're Because he was saying... closely related to the family. Oh, okay. So he was going to take it past... Like, he would take it upon himself to do right. things. Maybe thought... not within... Not, not within the law, but like... I thought the FBI were saying, uh, no, actually, this is happening in America. Let the... L- will let us deal with this rather than bring in somebody from... Um, international waters no i think it was more because he was close to the family right okay yeah okay i'm pretty sure they say that okay like, that's cool they're pretty sure they say that's he's fine. he's too close he's too close okay yeah. that's cool i really wasn't expecting to like it and um i thought it was great it got me from the get-go really yeah. enjoyed it good running length good characters yeah. and i understand what that guy says about chris chris tucker's character but that's the whole point of him yeah He's that, supposed to be that loudmouth, yeah. obnoxious guy. Yeah, and yeah. actually, I didn't think he was that loudmouth or obnoxious. Like, he was just funny. He was just a bit gobby. But yeah. Like, I think I don't think you, you couldn't give that kind of role to Jackie Chan. It just wouldn't work. Yeah, no, so, he totally wouldn't. Yeah. He's too much of the straight man, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. 
Okay, cool. Uh, middle of the film, so story arc and plot development. Okay, so Carter takes Lee on a tour of LA. He tries to keep him away from the embassy, but while he's doing that, he's trying to contact informants about the kidnapping. So Lee gives Carter the slip and gets to the Chinese consulate and sees Han and the FBI. Carter gets involved and by accident agrees with Sang arranging a $500 million ransom drop. No, a $50 million ransom drop. $500 million is quite a lot. I mean, $50 million is quite a lot as well. Anyway, uh, $50 million ransom drop. <laughs> Have I made that clear enough? Yeah. Uh, so the FBI traced the call with Sang to a warehouse and Lee and Carter go there. They spot Sang and chase him and Sang drops a detonator as he flees. So Carter's colleague, uh, Tanya Johnson, is a kind of bomb disposal expert in training and she traces it to a man called Clive. I'm just going to pause there because Clive. Really? (laughs) Who? uh, So he's previously been arrested by Carter. So Clive reveals that he met Jun Tao at a Chinatown restaurant. Carter goes to the restaurant and sees surveillance footage of Sang carrying Su Young into a van. So Lee arrives, saving Carter from Jun uh, Tao's henchmen, and both Carter and Lee are pulled off the case as the FBI arrive, blame them for the botched ransom drop. Carter refuses to give up, though. He sneaks on board Lee's plane because Lee is sent back to Hong Kong and implores him to help him stop Jun Tao. Griffin, who was the British police commander in Hong Kong at the beginning, he turns up and involves himself in the case and begs Han to pay the ransom to avoid further trouble. Hmm, why would he do that? Okay, I'm just going to quickly move. How are the pins and needles? Pins coming and needles back. update. Pins and needles update. Coming technique. back, folks. I'm going to try a new technique. What is try that? legs under the table. <laughs> do you want me to like... <laughs> you look like you've just shit yourself. <laughs> right, actually it's not too bad. Anything you'd like to add and talk about? No, well, say no, no okay, and then cool. I'll carry on. No, there was still good development and good pace. And what was really fun about this film is that you knew that Lee and Carter were going to come out on top. You knew it was all going to be resolved and everything was going to be okay, and that they were going to take them. They, you know, they're going to take the mick out of Carter for kind of thinking that he's better than than he is and they were going to take the mick out of Lee because he'd come over from Hong Kong and they didn't really want him around and all the rest of it but you knew that they were going to get the bad guys in the end so it was actually really fun to watch the detours and to watch all the mishaps and the things go wrong because you knew it was going to resolve itself in the end so yeah awesome very cool I I really just the interplay it looked like Jackie Chan and, and Chris Tucker really had fun together yeah 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 like it, they like if I found out that they didn't get on on set or something It'd now, be really I'd be surprising. heartbroken yeah, yeah. because yeah. they just looked like they really clicked and really yeah. had a lot of fun, which yeah. was yeah, really really nice to see. Awesome. Okay, so uh, closing scenes, end of the movie, last third, basically, please. Okay, so there's an opening of a Chinese art exhibition at the LA Convention Center, which is being uh, the event is being overseen by Han and Griffin. Boo. So the ransom has gone now gone up to $70 million and it is delivered to the convention centre. And we see Carter, Lee and Johnson enter as guests. And they're kind of in disguise. So Carter orders a mass evacuation, which upsets the FBI. 
Lisey's Griffin accepts a detonator from Sang and Carter recognises Griffin from the Chinatown restaurant surveillance camera and Lee and Johnson figure out that he is Juntao, which I think we kind of all probably figured out at that point. But yeah, anyway. Griffin threatens to detonate the bomb. Vest witches on Sue Young. Carter finds the van that Sue Young is in and he drives it into the building within range of Griffin so that he can't detonate it because it'll blow himself up. And if we know anything about villains and super baddies, they're fucking selfish. They don't like blowing themselves up. No. Johnson manages to get the vest off Sue Young and that was actually a really nice twist because we'd seen her early in earlier in the film try and defuse a bomb and she cut the wrong wire because Carter was yabbering at her. So it was really cool that she had that moment mm. where she was like, yeah, I've got to do this and yeah. she aced it. Yeah. Carter shoots Sang dead and Lee pursues Griffin who has the ransom money. So they end up kind of climbing outside of the convention centre and they end up dangling from the ceiling. Griffin falls to his death through no fault of Lee. I think he has hold of the the explosive vest and it rips and that's how he falls and carter lee then falls but carter catches him in a big flag which sounds fun but there's a big big, makes like a big slide yeah Yeah. han and su young are reunited and han sends carter and lee to hong kong on their holobags as a reward for doing so well the fbi offer carter a job and he turns them down quite weirdly which is pretty hilarious and they both go on the plane with lee singing war by edwin (laughs) star Case closed. Boom. Brilliant. Cool. Anything to add to that over, over now that that's the end of the film? Anything mm, to add? This? Mm, yeah. So I can't remember what happened in Blue Story. But you know that there are people in. Uh, people who make movies. Yeah, there are people. That, there's lots of people that make movies. Yep. I'm aware of them. Um, I've, I've heard of a few. No, of them. but you know, there are people in. in films are like characters in films who they won't shoot or kill a bad guy at their hands Mm -hmm. and i just wondered if jackie chan is one of those whether the character is like because because the guy dies at the end but it's not actually through anything that lee's done it's the vest that fails that causes him to drop Hmm. so i kind of wondered if like do you know what i mean there's, I can't remember. There is a character that always that doesn't end up like shoot or killing people. It's always the bad guy, like slips or falls or somebody knocks into mm. him or something, and it's never it's never his fault. And I think like I just wondered because he's such a, a role model and he does a lot of community stuff and a lot of like stuff with kids. I wondered whether that was part of his persona. Mm. And I can't mm. really remember how it went down in Belize story. I mean, I could, I could have just Googled this, but I thought, mm, let's have a yeah. chat on the podcast. No, uh, I'm going to say no, not at all. He's made so many films, mm. but then all like his fight, his films are basically like, like they're, they're violent all fights, films. They're, but also, they're all like they're all fight scenes with him. Yeah, like he might kick through, kick people through windows, and mm. but like. That's a good question. I'm sure people he's but you see then you people hear have died people, at his hands in movies. They must have you hear people he's talk made too about, many films, not um, too. Martial arts as like not actually being a violent thing. I'm sure this yeah. will crop up. I'm sure this will crop up with what we watched over Christmas when we have a little chat about that. What did we watch over Christmas? Dude. You should oh, have gotten already. Shit. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, I, I wonder whether it's it's almost kind of like a 
know what I mean? Like people don't, um, you don't do martial arts just to get in fights. And, and it's a lot of it's about like self-respect and self-discipline yeah, and absolutely. self-control and that kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah, although there are fight scenes, it's, I wonder what, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know whether you could square it away as it's more about like self-control and self-discipline rather than aggression. Mm. I don't know. It's Maybe. quite interesting. I mean, it is interesting. If uh, anybody knows, just drop us an email or yeah. slide into our DMs. Any Jackie Chan nuts out there, let us know. Jackie Chan nuts? Like nuts with Jackie Chan's face on? No, you're weirdo. <laughs> that would be so cute. <laughs> right, okay. come on then. Did you have a favourite character? Yeah, I did. It was Inspector Lee. I love Jackie it? Chan. Yeah. He's such a... Do you know what? I've, I... I would watch more Jackie Chan films. That's a good job. I really would. And okay, I cool. just, I'm like, I genuinely, when, this has been a really big surprise for me. When we said, when you said that you were doing Jackie Chan, I was like, oh, really? But both of them, I really enjoyed. I think he is, the the film format was really formulaic and you'd seen it done a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, it's, it's a buddy a cop movie. Yeah, there's a, the bad guys clearly like. But you it figure is out, just, yeah, they look like there's a load of tropes that you like, know. Yeah, but he's just got a, an on-screen presence that he's so charming and just so lovely yeah. and really badass. Yeah, yeah. But also like the physical comedy. Yeah, yeah. That like is that is that a thing that's always there's like an always like a like a physical element because you have so, the thing with the the telephone didn't you in police story yeah. and then this one you've got yeah, yeah. the vase where he's fighting yeah. and he's trying to so save there is, all the Chinese antiquities. There is a lot stuff. of that in his films. Right. Absolutely, there are some that are a bit more serious. Okay. Like, but I, I I'm struggling to maybe think of what they are. But I would say that is part of his appeal. Is that mm. there is a sort of edge of humour to it almost. Mm. Yeah. Or like, there's always like in another crisis going on that he's trying to avert yeah. at the same time, and it's just you know, really... whether it's like protecting his girlfriend in a comedy way, or like a yeah. police story, or you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely an element of his movies, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and it's it's like the fact that it was like the Chinese antiquities. There was obviously like a real element of pride in his. Oh yeah, for like, sure. His country's culture, which yeah. I really liked, and I just think. Yeah, he's just, I just think he's wonderful. I really do. So yeah, yeah, Jackie Chan all the way for me. Uh, I know, I know that's obviously not like the character in the film, but sorry, we got a bit, yeah, it was Detective Inspector Lee. Did you have a worse character? Ooh, Thomas Griffin. The bad guy. Yeah. Although, really interestingly, I remember my mum after, so what's he called? He's called Tom. Wilkinson. Wilkinson. And he was obviously in The Full Monty. Yes. Gerald, yeah. didn't he? I remember my mum saying that like he had a real flurry of roles come in after the full Monty. Like he did quite well like Hollywood was sort of like, Oh yeah, we'll get you yeah, in this yeah. and we'll get you in yeah. that. That would have been off the back of I that it could be that, that, that role came about off the back of um When full was Monty. the full Monty? Ninety I know that I went to see it in the cinema with my first boyfriend. Which was when? So which Nin- would have been 96. between ninety and 97 then yeah this would have been off the back yeah. of that I imagine because yeah. if you think of the turnaround of making a film to get it out yeah then yeah that would yeah. Make, that would that would that fit would that fit. yeah yeah for sure um so yeah I just thought he was quite I, I did sort a good of bad think, guy though he is a good bad guy yeah I've seen him I've seen him be a villain in a few things and I do think he is quite a good bad guy mm. 
yeah yeah cool i would again i agree there's like and when i say worst character like for this guy it's just because he was actually a pretty good bad guy not because he was like i think um terrible i I tell you the bit oh no yeah no we'll speak about that later on carry on did you have a favorite scene yeah, it's the bit with the Chinese antiquities, and so also, at the at the gala, like any any bit where Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are dicking about, <laughs> gets my vote. Okay, cool. there was a bit as well with the what was there was a bit where Chris Tucker's chatting to chatting to the old guy in the food store down in Chinatown, and the old guy just shouts something. I ain't no punk bitch or something like that, which I just was like, yeah. that's really funny. So that really tickled me. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it was just really nice to see their on-screen, uh, yeah, on-screen camaraderie. Yeah, I was going to say bromance, then swap it in for a more professional sounding. Yeah, I like word. my favorite scene is the one where they, they're like in the street. I think they're outside the car, and they're just doing different techniques of taking the gun off of each other. Oh and yeah, it's just really funny. Yeah, it's just, like, the bits are funny, but it's also really cool to watch. I I couldn't remember if I thought for some reason that scene was them dancing. No, there's another one where there they do is, right. a dance. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine, I'm not making shit up then. Yeah, which might be on the outtakes, actually, now that you mention it, but yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Did you have a least favourite scene? Um, I thought the kidnap scene with Sue Young yeah, was pretty, actually pretty like intense. pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's fucking badass, yeah, yeah. because obviously Lee has kind of taught us some moves yeah, yeah. and sort of how to handle herself. But the fact that she's in the back of this... Yeah. van with like her teddy bear I know like, was she with her teddy bear but she kicks the guy in the face yeah. well, she kicks the guy she, she scratches really... him with her necklace yeah like proper like right I've got she's you probably, it's like, and it's properly intense fight. yeah yeah yeah, it's really intense, yeah. isn't it? So I think, um, and I think because she's little as well, she's you know she's only sort of like what 10, 11 yeah really vulnerable um, yeah yeah I didn't like that bit at all but I was quite glad that she got her own she kind of gave as good as she got she can yeah. go without a fight Awesome. Score and soundtrack. I don't really remember much. About no, it, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I don't remember much. But it all just sort of sits there. Yeah, I don't think Necessarily, it's... like, just in the background. It's not one that you go... It's not like, oh, I must listen to... No, it's not. Rush Hour soundtrack. It's not like no, uh, Lord of the Rings or no. Star Wars or... Let's face it, we're not here for the big sun- cinematic soundtrack, are we? No, we're We're not. here to see... Jackie Chan kicks him ass. Yeah, which yeah. he does. Uh, which leads us on to directors of the work. So Brett Ratner, I'm not too familiar with a lot of his work apparently, um, because he hasn't done a lot that I've seen. He's only done two, like so he's done. He did Rush Hour two and three. He did Red Dragon, which was the pre- prequel to Hannibal. Ha- yeah, something to do. Yeah, with yeah. I can't remember it? the timeline. Um, I've seen it. I don't remember liking it, but apparently on a rewatch, it's really good. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it another go one Is day. Is Silence of the Lambs on the list? Yeah, 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 because oh, okay, yeah, you've not seen it, have you? Yeah, any yeah, yeah. of it. X-Men Last Stand. So that was the third X-Men film of, like, the Hugh Jackman era, and it was the worst as well. Oh, I can't remember if I've seen that. Um, um, but, the, but also, no, like, loads of, loads of music videos for artists, LL Cool J, Heavy D and the Boys, uh, Mary J. Blige, D'Angelo, Lionel Richie, Wu-Tang Clan and Madonna. To wow. name a few of the acts that he's done music videos for, so quite yeah. So again, a guy that's come, is heavily mm. involved in, in music videos. So I'm guessing, like direct, direct, like yeah, yeah. like style wise, it sort of fits action. I guess yeah. quite a big budget and, and what have you. So yeah, cool fact. Have you got oh, a fact? Oh yeah, I have. Please? Right. 
So in the boot of the car at the beginning, we see when Carter ballses up the sting operation, we see C4 is shot at in the boot of the car and explodes, right? Yeah, you... when he's with Clive. Oh, yeah, that's Clive. It's Clive. Yeah, right, so when he's with Clive, Let's yeah. Let's not forget Clive. Somebody shoots at the boot of the car and the C4 explodes. C4 cannot be detonated by gunshots. Very good, that is true. Well done, you. Did you know that? Yeah, like, yeah, I did know that. Oh. Yeah. When did you learn that? Uh, army school. No. Oh, fuck off, you only went about three three times. Did you? Oh, maybe somebody else I'm thinking of. How long did you go for? What? To cadets? Yeah. I went for a couple of years. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, right, it wasn't from army cadets. It was, it's, I think it's just from movie knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh, one more thing to add. Go on then. Beep, 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 beep. Pins and needles watch. How are you doing? Uh, all right, actually. Oh, no, actually. No, it's come back because I've been sat talking funny. Oh, yeah, it's definitely back. My, my right leg has gone dead like... I'm proper whacking at it. I can't feel it. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. You stop looking like you've just shit yourself when you move. You have no idea. Did you fall asleep? No. Good. You didn't. No. Uh, were your prejudgments correct? No. They weren't, were they? No. You were way off. Yeah, I was way off. And um, I really thought I wasn't going to like it either. And I'm an idiot. What do I know? What? Fuck all. What do you know? Exactly. Fuck all. Final thoughts? Uh, just that I'm here for Jackie Chan. I'm here for all of Jackie Chan. Okay. I just think he seems like such a really lovely soul and he's just got such a kind, nice face and he can kick ass. And if like he's ever outed as doing anything weird, like a Kevin Spacey thing or anything like that, I'm going to be so upset. So just don't do anything naughty, Jackie. You've heard it here, Jackie. Like, do you know what I mean? It's going to be like Chuck Norris. If Chuck Norris gets... Yeah, like, it'll be a bad It's day. going to be horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, no, just uh, I'm awesome. here for any Jackie Chan film. Cool. Um, yeah, I love it. I still really love this film. It's aged wonderfully. Yeah, it has. Um, it really has. But like, it, it, like, it's very obviously 90s, but not in a bad way. Yeah, like, the suits yeah, were yeah, awful, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't a, yeah. oh my God, this is shit. Yeah, it's yeah. like, a, oh, look, this yeah, is yeah. how we used to live yeah, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, it, yeah it's so good. Mm. Rewatchability. Would you watch it again? Yes. At any point from if it was on telly? Or would it have to be from the beginning only? Ooh. No, I'd, I'd be it. I'd be in. You'd be cool. Okay. And I'm I'm here for three, two, three, and four as well. Okay, cool. Right then. So why are you uh, grinning? You'll see in a minute. Oh. Score out of ten. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight too. Cool. Cool. That's been rush hour. I think we're gonna find out what I'm gonna be watching next shortly. But if you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating wherever you listen and share us about and help us in our bid for world domination. If you leave us a review on Apple iTunes, Oswald Dog or Isley's Baseball Cat will give you a shout out. If you have a hilarious or embarrassing movie related story, slide into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram. We are Movie Grouch and Fanboy Pod and that is A-N-D, like the word and and on Facebook we are Movie Grouch Ampersand Fanboy and we also have email as well so you can email any embarrassing stories to us moviegrouchfanboypod at outlook.com uh, so yeah that's that's it awesome. that's it for, well that's it from that bit what are we watching next so given well, you know when we did Godfather yeah and, and I the, said that I had to watch I, if there was a sequel I wanted to watch them all we're watching Rush Hour 2 aren't we yeah <laughs> 
going to do rush hour tea because i like it wasn't on the list but actually i don't know if we might not do three because well, i actually don't remember three that well okay. i think i probably only watched it once i don't think I, I was like i think i got a bit i think by the time three came out I was like, i've seen this yeah. i think i might okay. like but two i think we should watch okay for a comparison if nothing else okay for first one because they do change it up quite a bit in okay. terms of the settings and to go to Hong Kong, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so it's like yeah. it's like so it's like it rolls reversed. I guess. It's like Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, we'll do the second one because I think it'll be fun and it's quite an easy watch as well. And we know the characters. We know you like the first one, so it's not like one that's going to you're going to be like, oh fuck, don't want to do this. So it'd you're going to have cool. to pick like a super grouchy film after this. Yeah, because it's kind of two in a row that you like. Yeah, no, so I'll we'll have to pick one that happy. I think you won't like, which is easy because I think there's a lot that you don't like more than you do like so far. So yeah, we'll do Rush Hour 2 next, I think, because I think it would be pretty cool to do that. Amazing. So what we'll do is we'll edit this and we'll get it out as soon as as soon as it's ready, it's dropping. And then Monday the 17th, you'll get our Christmas... New Year special. Yeah. And then we'll be back to normal from there. So that's actually potentially three weeks where you've got an episode from us. <gasps> oh my oh no, crazy. God. Crazy. How amazing would that be? Yeah. Awesome. Pretty well, awesome. thank you very much for listening. Do you have anything else to say? No, thanks. And it's nice to be back. It is nice to be it back. It might not be the best one we've done because I think we've once you're at your flow. Um, it does feel weird to sort of do it after such a long time, but I'm glad we've done it and hopefully it'll just yeah. continue to get We'll get better and better every time. Yeah, we need to we need to get more organised, yeah, don't we? Definitely. Which is going to be interesting with the wedding to uh, finish well, off. Yeah, but it's all right. We'll find a way. Yeah. We'll and now, manage. if we do any more breaks, we'll try and give you some notice. Yeah, maybe quite such a yeah, quite such a surprise. But anyway, we hope. Yeah, like we said, we hope you're well. Hope you're healthy, happy, in a good headspace. Yeah, we've missed you. Yeah, we're it's so nice. yeah, we're so glad to be back, and we're so happy to be coming in your ears as well. Great. Hospital radio coming in your ears. That's from uh, Phoenix Nights, isn't it? Is it Phoenix Nights? I think it is. I haven't seen it. That's us. We're off to uh, get some dinner and then record a bit more. So we'll catch you on the flippy flop. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye. Uh, you turn 40 in February. Thanks for putting that out there. <laughs> I can cut that out if you want. Uh, no, I don't mind. I don't feel insecure or anything about that. It's fine. And I'm actually quite looking forward to turning 40. Well, there's like a distinguishment that comes with Jamie Forty. Hello, and welcome to the H podcast, where we're interviewing Blake about how he feels about turning forty. Blake, how do you feel about it? Pretty good. Do you, are you having your? Are you having? He has a yearly meltdown. Not yearly. Only had a, you a few have, times. No, you have a yearly meltdown where you wonder whether you should be dressing more like an adult and you should stop listening to hip hop. Have you had that yet? No. For the moment, you were going to say that in a real Plymouth accent. <coughs> it's gone yeah, for the moment. Yeah. Mm, my pins yeah. and needles have gone for the moment can you stop coughing in the microphone as well please it's yeah i'll try and re- i'll try and remember yeah the headline is i can't watch chris tucker so you know what you're in for really already oh, God. i get it the whole point of the premise premise is the interaction of jackie chan's straight hong kong professional and chris tucker's irrever- irreverent i can never say that word properly irreverent irreverent how do you say it irreverent right I get it. The whole point of the premise is the interaction of Jackie Chan, straight Hong Kong professional, and Chris Tucker's irreverent. <laughs> How do you say it? Dude, I've literally got a mouthful of coffee. How do you say it? Irreverent. Irreverent. Irrev. 
Arendt. Irreverent. 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 Phonetically. Anesthetist. <laughs> Shush. I, I, irrev. Irrev. Errent. Errent. <laughs> irrev. Irrev. Errent. Irreverent. <laughs> we'll go for a third time. We'll go for a third time. <laughs> so the film opens in Hong Kong in 1997 and it's the last day of british rule uh, and we meet detector inspective detect detect <laughs> detective inspector turns out it's uh, it turns out it's uh, oh my god catchable disease <laughs> catchable and what i've been mean by catchable is is the ability to not speak and say words properly yeah you have that anyway what's that what's your normal excuse no well what i'm saying is catch you've called it 